Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Thursday, October 27th, and it's time for, oh yes, my favorite episode of the week. Get through all those other podcasts with those other goofballs just to get to this one. That's right. It's Stat Nerd Thursday, and actually we're making some changes to the format that I'm super excited about. But one thing we are not changing, and one reason I'm always excited to do the show, is because I get to do it with Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how's it going, buddy? Well, uh, Harmon, on one hand, my daughter won the finals of her cross-country meet, beat second Shout place out. by 30, beat second place by 31 seconds. She's now won, Chloe has now won all 14 of her races. That's the good news. The bad news is I'm out of my $6 million oh. survivor. It is, uh, I'm really sick to my stomach. It's down to 125 people for a $6 million prize. That's 98%. Of the people are out. I have a perfect setup to have the Cowboys ready for this week. I have the Bills saved for a Thanksgiving uh, outing. Uh, someone sold their ticket on the open market before last week for $27,000. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if it was just, it is what it is. I lost with the Patriots. I really wish Belichick did not go on that seven-minute diatribe about how good the Bears are. That made me confident that they'd be ready. Um, mm -hmm. But instead, I know there are warning signs with the Bears having the 10 days to prepare the weird quarterback situation. Did the sky cam wire really affect Mac Jones's interception? Um, but I was really debating the Dolphins. I love the setup in Survivor. It's just really uh, finding which team's going to bring their A game that week. Um, the market, you know, the spread is what it is. The Dolphins had lost three straight. Pittsburgh had just beat Brady. So I was really close to switching it. When you looked at the pot odds, I'm just sick to my stomach that I didn't do it. Obviously, they could have lost that game Sunday night. But I'm, I'm doing the max six entries next year. My wife's already threatened divorce if I do do it. But um, that's where we sit here. You know, it's like you're it's just a little more than like, say, rooting for my 49ers or whatever. Like I'm making the decision of what team to pick. So, you know, and it just it's it sucks. It's it, I'm out six million dollars. No longer there. I do have a Phillies ticket uh, to win the World Series. So naturally, they're absolutely certain to now lose in the World Series, too. But um, that's where I stand. Uh, I know we both attended weddings over the weekend, Harmon, or as my dad would call them funerals um so tell me how, how your life's going i'm i'm a little sad with my uh survivor result in uh yeah bill belichick did not come through 
<laughs> I don't even I don't even know where to go with all that. Um, I mean, yeah, weddings, funerals. Um, I, I disagree with your your father on on that one, but you know, uh, that's <laughs> you might be in a bit of trouble there if you keep this survivor stuff up, pal. Uh, I can't. <laughs> so you can actually sell your ticket, like if you're still alive in it, you can sell it for like twenty seven thousand dollars, like, like yeah, oh, on the open. Oh, absolutely. I forget the websites, but yeah, open market, hundred percent. You can. Yeah, someone did for wow. twenty seven grand before last week, and now I don't. I don't even want to do the math. But six million divided by one twenty five. Uh, that the equity is 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 a lot higher than that even now. So. Oh yeah. my God, I would be. I'm I'm not like a degenerate like you. I'm such a coward. I would be. I would be selling that thing like. As soon as possible. Well, you know, I didn't last year. I was down to twenty three people, and yeah. that that would have been a two hundred and fifty k, and I did not sell Ugh. it. And the and the and the Cardinals lost as fifteen and a half point favorites in Detroit when they went eight and one on the road. By the way, it's so both of my losses the two years I've done this they've been blowouts too. The Cardinals were boat raced yeah. in that game as fifteen and a half point favorites, and Belichick. I turned the TV off in the fourth quarter. I mean, by the way, they didn't really lose that because of the. I don't. I mean, Zappy came in and got his stuff them. They were out coached, and their defense got just yes. just ran. I mean, that is the that is the reason they lost. Uh, they did not bring their a game as i as i was hoping i coming off those wins uh so anyway that's enough about me sorry i just had to get that off my chest no more survivor talk you're at least saved from that moving forward well i will kind of miss it we will talk about the bears later because uh the new format for this show is we're going to do a the one stat you need to know for every team that's right. We're going to talk about every single team. So all of you out there, you can feel really, really good about your individual teams. When we tell you, well, some of the stats are going to be negative, but basically we're going to cover every team here. It's going to be great. The show's going to be a lot more fun. Uh, it's going to be more fat, fast pace, uh, and it'll be easier to prepare for, which is mostly what I care about, uh, obviously. And we are going to put some parameters in place here, Dalton, so that we don't uh, talk for 10 minutes on every team, specifically on the 49ers every week. There's going to be a five minute clock. Like, I'm literally going to set a timer. We're not allowed to talk about the 49ers for more than five minutes. If we go way under, that's great. If we go way over, um, you know, I kick you off the show. Basically, that's how that's how this is going to go. Totally but fair. Let's get yeah. right into it. Let's start with the Eagles here. We're going to go every week. We're going to go by best to worst record. So if you win games, you get treated nicely. You get talked about early. It's an incentive for those teams out there to get their act together and win some games. Starting with the Eagles, you brought this to the table, Dalton. The Eagles have the second highest passing rate against them like you said not not neutral pass rate none of that stuff like just regular good old pass rate I think this is interesting for multiple reasons of course it's teams are passing against them because the Eagles are really good that's why they're the first one off here uh they've they've won a ton of games but I think it's also really interesting Dalton because Adam Levitan pointed this out on Twitter like the rest of the season schedule in terms of opposing quarterbacks for the Eagles is hilarious they got Kenny Pickett Davis Mills Taylor Heineke Sam Ellinger Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, whoever the hell the Saints are going to be starting, and then Daniel Jones again. I mean, there's not all dust there, but especially these next four games, Pickett, Mills, Heineke, ODU's finest, and Sam Ellinger, not great. Yeah, to give perspective, uh, against the Bears this year, teams have ran a pass play 48% of the time. That's 65% of the time against these Eagles. Uh, you just named the, the shaky quarterback, so wheels up for the Eagles' uh, fantasy defense coming out of the bye with that schedule. That could be, uh, obviously, some scoring. Depending on your scoring, uh, they could do some damage there. And um, you, you also look like, on the flip side, maybe George Pickens can get... It may not be efficient, but maybe volume will be there this week if they're, uh, these teams are, are forced to pass for a variety of reasons, Is it, whether it's the Eagles' run D or it's the Eagles' offense jumping out to these big first-half leads... What, what, whatever it is, it's dictating volume in the passing game from their opponents. 
it's funny too because when you look at it from like a yards per attempt uh on on the ground versus yards per attempt through the air like it's actually close and it shouldn't be close like their pass defense has been awesome but still teams are forced to pass against them so um i agree wheels up for the eagles defense and we the great part about their offense is we know exactly who the guys are like we know where the ball's going there so the defense is actually the most interesting thing to talk about in fantasy which is when you know you're a very, very good team. Let's move on to the Giants here. This is another one you brought to the table. Uh, it's a stat I talked about. I think it was with Andy on, uh, on or I don't know, Andy or Scott, one of the podcasts from this week. Um, Robert Mays tweeted out that the league leaders in carries of 10 plus yards this season, Nick Chubb, 24, Lamar Jackson, second place with 21, Josh Jacobs, third place with 19, Saquon Barkley, fourth place, with 17, as Robert puts it in his tweet, in fifth place is Daniel MF and Jones with 15 as well. Crazy. Only Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields have more rushing yards than Jones. Um, that's how he's been a top 10 fantasy QB per game this year while averaging fewer than 175 passing yards, just six passing scores in seven games. Um, hopefully the receivers eventually get healthy. Um, I, heard, I heard a stat. I think only four quarterbacks ever have ran for more than he's on pace for to run mm-hmm. this season. So, man, Danny Dimes, you got to love it for fantasy this week. Amazing matchup against Seattle. I mean, I have him as a top five fantasy option. He's been playing even better on the road too. So love them this week and, and even moving forward with that running, that's, that's the cheat code for fantasy. So you got to kind of change our perspective here and, and treat Danny Dimes as a top 12 fantasy uh, QB moving forward. As long as he's healthy, hopefully he doesn't suffer these injuries that compromise. Right. Remember he was also doing this while battling through an ankle injury the first few, few weeks of the season. So uh, yeah, man, finally the right coach. Yeah. It's, 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 it's exciting news for real life. They keep getting they're, they're getting it done, but also fantasy, man, this is really where it's at. He's running. It really is. Uh, He's averaging 8.3 rush attempts per game. He's on pace for 833 rushing yards, which is just insane. Just real quick, I think Daniel Jones, you know, he's become a fantasy QB1 because of this rushing. I'm curious, Dalton, do you think like, do you think they like, will they bring him back next year if he keeps this up? Because, you know, it's going to be weird because they declined his fifth year option. You know, like, can they really franchise tag him? Can they give him some sort of like, Two year That's deal? like the new money ball thing is to decline that option and get career years. Josh Jacobs, too, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you go, oh, obviously, they're winning games. And if he continues to play like that, you've got a quarterback position with his pedigree. Absolutely, they need to, yes, they will re sign him if the, if the season continues as is. Remember, he's doing this with arguably what, bottom three receivers to throw to uh, in tight end position, too, in the league. So Wandell getting healthier. Um, it sounds like uh, Tony's still not practicing. But yes, course, I think they need yeah. to reevaluate. I mean, this is his first year, a whole new coaching staff too so absolutely i think the chances of him staying in new york have increased significantly yeah for sure um i i agree with you it's it's crazy i mean the giants are gonna moonwalk into a playoff spot because they're in the nfc with that record like and you can't really just jettison a playoff quarterback uh unless you're the 49ers of course and then you end up daniel jones is probably horrible coaching he tried to play through this hamstring injury you looked at the nerd stats it said he was like a top 10 deep passer i don't know there's interesting stuff here i i'm 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 fully interested to see what he could do with better receivers around him and moving forward both both in real life and obviously fantasy totally agree with you All right, next up, we got the Bills here. Since week four, Devin Singletary has 51% of the team carries. Both James Cook and Zach Moss are sub 10%. So basically all the rest of it is going to Josh Allen. You know, that's going to be the case. 50% of uh, his runs have gone for five plus yards, Devin Singletary. Like he's been legit good as a runner. 
77% snap rate and an 11% target share. Um, I feel like Scott was on this trend early of Devin Singletary actually plays more and is more a part of the offense when the Bills are in these like close competitive games, not when they're going to, which is weird for a fantasy running back that has this type of usage. But, you know, nevertheless, that is what it is. Um, Devin Singletary, Dalton, I feel like, I mean, what is he a top 20 running back the rest of the way? If he's true, if he's truly going to ice out Zach Moss, who was a healthy scratch before the bye against the Chiefs, I feel like Singletary, I've got him on a couple of teams. And I, I mean, I don't feel great about him like a Josh Jacobs type of value or something like that, but I feel like he's going to end up going down as a pretty good value here. Yeah, the answer to your first question is yes, he'll probably finish around the RB20 this year, barring injury, but I'll throw one back at you. What do you do with him this week as 12-point favorites? Because there's no question he has dramatic splits in games that are close and games that are not, and I know we look at Aaron Rodgers, first time ever double-digit dog. It's like crazy to, to fathom, but it's that way for a reason. It's only getting growing. It was 10 and a half. I just checked. It's to 12 MGM. So wow. um, what, what do you do there? I mean, I, I, I personally lowered uh, Singletary I, down closer to 30 as opposed to higher. And it's totally ironically because of the game script. Uh, it's bizarre. But I mean, that's the way it's what it's been. Maybe it'll be different this week. I don't know. Yeah. I can't quite figure it out either, right? Because it's just like in my brain, I'm like, they're heavy favorites. This is a defense like in, in Green Bay that you can exploit from a rushing perspective. This, I, I don't know. And, and, you know, part of me also is like, okay, they'll figure it out. Like the Packers will keep this a little more competitive than that. Yeah, and game strip doesn't always go as you expect, too. That's the other thing. You know, it could be a close game just because it's a spread that high. But I don't know. It's a very weird, weird situation for sure. Yeah, and there's just so many bad vibes around the Packers, but. I th listen in the spots where I have Singletary. I'm unless I'm unless I'm loaded. I'm probably going to end up playing him and just like we'll see. Because you know if Zach Moss is truly iced out of this backfield, then it's great for Singletary. But it's also good news for James Cook as well, who becomes like you know what? Like a, does he become like a Alexander Madison type of stash? Like somebody you should just have on your bench. You know you're never going to play unless the starter gets hurt. And then you know Cook if like if Cook is really as good as they thought he was to take him in the second round, which maybe he's not, he would end up being like a really, and getting like this type of workload on this offense, he would be pretty electric. So I don't know. I, I To answer your question about this week, I'm probably going to play him and sort of ignore those splits, but uh, maybe I'm wrong to do that. We'll see. No, that's fair. I would play him too. You're, you're not having probably, you probably do not have three better running backs on your team. All right, next one up here, we've got the Vikings. Uh, they're 15th in rushing EPA and they're 14th in dropback EPA right now. Translation, the Vikings have just kind of been an average offense, Dalton. Certain certain other metrics they look better in uh, than EPA, but that's just kind of where they're at right now. I feel like we've left a lot of meat on the bone for this Vikings offense, which is weird to say because Justin Jefferson's been good. He hasn't been like, you know, all out dominant, like, you know, worth the number one overall pick in fantasy or something like that. But he has been pretty good. Adam Thielen's had some moments. They haven't gotten a ton out of like KJ Osborne or any of these ancillary players, but just kind of wanted to do a temperature check on the Vikings offense as they're coming out of the bye. Yeah, I'm curious to see exactly coming out of their bye five and one, but just, you know, outscored opponents by 21 points. I was pretty high on them entering the year. The NFC remains wide open and, you know, they easily could take it, but haven't been overly impressed. But, you know, give a coaching staff a pass. It's, you know, their their first go through. So, yeah, I'm yeah. curious, just like you, how, how they perform coming out of the bye. A disappointment so far. 
Yeah, I, people I feel like, people give me a hard time because I call them a disappointment. I, I get it; they're five and one. I get right. it, but and they had shown a little bit more neutral pat, like they've been get a little bit more aggressive toward the end there. Again, let's see, let's give them more of a bit of, of a sample. But so far, yeah, it's been they have not been lighting the lighting on fire at all. Very mediocre, despite their record. Yeah, and like it feels like when you've talked to Vikings fans on Twitter, they're all like, "Yeah, we." We're we're just I mean they're always waiting for disaster to strike and it feels like they're like there we are not buying into this five and one record so that makes a lot of sense there yeah I mean they're they're a pretty simple team to figure out but definitely again feel like there's been some meat left on the bone I'm curious to see if that changes coming out of the bye week next team up here Dallas Cowboys the stat for this team Tony Pollard has run a route on just thirty five percent of the team dropbacks but he has a twenty three point one percent targets per route run on the year um, he was a zero in the passing game against the Lions, but that's kind of to be expected. I wanted to talk about Tony Pollard because his standalone value has, it's sort of kind of been there in some moments, but it's been tough to predict because he doesn't have this legit like passing game role that I thought he might have coming into this year. Stupid of me to think that, by the way, I'm, I'm never selling myself on another fantasy back just because, oh, they might fill in for wide receiver absences. I'm never doing that again, but he might have a big opportunity this week with Zeke Elliott uh, nursing a knee injury. Yeah, it's that same injury our guy Edwin Porras noted. He played 66% of the of the snaps on the first six drives, down to 39% the final five drives after suffering that hit to the knee. It looked gross, the footage of it. It's the same right knee he's dealt with uh, for the past three years he's missed time with. Um, he normally does not miss practice, and he has. Uh, I think there's a real chance he maybe misses this game. The, the Bears... The highest run rate against them. Um, I moved Pollard of my RB9 for the week nice. now, assuming that we're going to get a real compromise, if at all. Zeke in a matchup is double-digit favorites. Bears coming off that big win in a short week. This is a total setup for a boat race. Uh, the pressure rate, I think it's the most pressure rate team against the... I know that Field skews it a little because he runs, but the highest pressure team, I mean, this just looks like a, a game script totally pointing to more passing. But Dak, you know, still working his way back from that, that thumb injury. So love Tony Pollard this week. You can imagine. He'll be super popular in DFS if Zeke is indeed ruled out. But um, yeah, obviously a situation to, to pay attention to in fantasy because of the matchup this week and moving forward, man. Uh, hopefully it's not a serious injury, but um, if it were to be, Pollard would be massive, obviously. Yeah, the setup would be awesome this week for Tony Pollard. Um, RB9 sounds about right because uh, it, it's just like, hey, unless you have studs, at running back, like you need to break ties in favor of, of playing Tony Pollard this week if there's no Zeke Elliott. The matchup is great, as you mentioned, and I agree. Like, Bears coming off a big win. That's great. Uh, I, I we'll talk about the Bears here in a little bit. Um, surprisingly higher than you'd think, uh, because their record's not half bad, but yeah, I think this would be a good letdown spot for them. Good bounce back spot for Dallas, even though they won last week. Like, I think, yeah, boat race sounds about right for the Dallas Cowboys, and Tony Pollard, uh, for sure, can benefit from that. Chiefs are on their bye week. Their stat, though, uh, and I think this might surprise people considering, like, the, the wide receiver has been a little bit disappointing in fantasy, except of late. The Chiefs have the fourth highest yards per play when targeting wide receivers at 9.4. Dalton, I'm ready for you to apologize for slandering me and Juju Smith-Schuster and my Juju prediction uh, about this year after his two biggest games of the season. Yeah, apologies. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is so good. Um, oh, man, even McCall Hardman was a top five fantasy wideout last week against them. Yeah, I don't know. What was the volume here looking for with Juju there? I, I don't know. It was a couple big plays, right? He's made two yeah. two big plays. He's still not over eight targets. I would be selling him here after those those games personally, but but uh, maybe I'm off. You, you, you're, you're in. You're, 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 you, you think it's going to be good to go moving forward? I 
I think so. I think I think so. Just because I think they figured his rollout a little bit. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. I talked about this with with you with with Juju. Like he's not a man coverage beating receiver, and your 49ers, uh, Dalton went out there and played zone coverage on sixty three percent of their plays against Patrick Mahomes and his zone coverage beating receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's just kind of getting integrated into the offense, like MVS's performance. And, um, you know, he's going to have those like big 26 air yard per target games where he comes in and gets a hundred yards, you know, McCole Hardman. I'm not really buying into that, but Juju, I do think is a sustainable piece of this offense. One target inside the 10 this year, but yeah, I mean, if you're tied to Mahomes, yeah, for sure. No, no, that's, that's interesting. He's still getting it. The, the, that stat you have with the receivers, man, cause it just doesn't feel like it's been so helpful for, for fantasy managers, but Mahomes is just so, so damn good. It's uh, it, it's crazy. He's, he's impossible to defend. I don't think Juju is going to be like a, a league winner or anything like that, but I do think he's gonna like a top 30 receiver rest of season, like a low sure. end two, high end three, a guy that, you can start with some degree of confidence. Like he's not going to put up those big games like he has the last two weeks, but you know, now he's like a top, this is just how fantasy works, right? Like he was, there was such a disappointing player, blah, blah, blah. Him and Brandon Ayuk, obviously two guys yeah. I drafted a lot of like, Oh, they're doing nothing to start the season. And now they're both like wide receiver 19 and wide receiver 20 on the season, because that's how wide receivers work. Yeah, exactly. It can be so quick. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's another good example of one right there. But yeah, no, well, well, done. yeah. Hopefully, your patient with Juju is definitely looking better than it was three weeks ago. <laughs> it's definitely looking better than it was three weeks ago. But we'll see. Uh, the Jets, the Jets are fifth in total offensive EPA on plays with two running backs on the field. I talked about this with Austin yesterday when we were breaking down the James Robinson uh, trade. That the Jets are one of the few teams that have actually pulled off like. Have, have the two running back packages like those pony personnel packages with Brees Hall and uh, Michael Carter on the field together. Uh, I'm curious what your reaction is with Michael Carter. Now that we have James Robinson in the fold and I expect them to keep playing those packages. And that's probably a big reason why they went out and got an established guy in James Robinson. I like Carter this week. Um, I wrote about him for the DFS and Yahoo. He's just $15. Uh, Patriots, I know they shut down the Browns defense, but they obviously did not do well against the Bears. They ranked 28th in run defense, DVOA. James Robinson, I'd be surprised if he contributes right away. We like the story, but um, uh, whatever football outsiders version is, it's D-Y-A-R. He's last among whatever their grading of running backs this year. It's just tough to come back from the Achilles, and now he's dealing with a knee injury. He's going to pick up the playbook and suddenly see a ton of snaps. I doubt that. Um, there will be some Ty Johnson, but uh, Michael Carter has not been amazing this year, but he's been solid enough, and I think he's going to be relied upon a ton this week. I mean, the, the Jets have just gone crazy run heavy uh, since Zach Wilson's taken over. His stats, uh, here's a, a funny stat for you. Wilson is getting 9.1 YPA when kept clean, 1.7 YPA under pressure. So wow. this team just want anything they can to do to keep the guy uh, outside of pressure. So I think Carter's going to get the ball a ton against the Patriots in a low-scoring game. And at $15, I like him in DFS. This weekend, maybe it, it delves into a three-headed committee moving forward. But I'm skeptical about, about James Robinson, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. And they just, you know, lost their best offensive lineman, Elijah Vera yes, Tucker. Yes, you know? yes, I meant to say and, that, yeah. And the Zach Wilson pressure stats makes so much sense because I don't think Zach Wilson is like he's got a lot of arm talent and I don't think he's like a dummy or anything like that you know in terms of like reading out the plays making the reads all that type of stuff I mean most quarterbacks throw to their first read on like 70% of their plays anyway so it's you know whatever that's kind of like a tired trope at this point but 
he absolutely goes completely haywire under pressure and like not just like oh man i'm gonna get sacked like he tries to get himself out of those sacks and he is not that guy like he's not a creative i mean he's got a little bit of like rich man's taylor heineke in him where he thinks he's much more athletic actually it's it's almost a better comparison is baker mayfield who plays like he's kyler murray but he's not kyler murray but he acts like he has all that athleticism and that used to get baker in so much trouble even with the browns and obviously especially with the panthers when he was under pressure wilson has a lot of that in him couple more stats for you, courtesy Sam Munson from PFF. Uh, his completion percentage, Zach Wilson, when kept clean, 75.7%. Under pressure, 16.1%. Uh, put differently, he's getting 1.2 yards per pressure drop back. Um, conversely, Mahomes is getting 6.6 yards. Josh Allen's getting 12 yards per <laughs> pressure drop back, which is just insane. That's but insane. yes, they the, the Jets have gone... Incredibly run heavy. I I, know, I believe it was like Joe Flacco already has more pass attempts. Still has more pass attempts than like Mariota on this season. Yes, that's uh, true. And then and then and then, but the, then since Wilson's taken over, it's been the absolute opposite, and they've just become one of the more run heaviest teams. So uh, yeah, I, I do like Car. Obviously, it's great news for for Carter that with, with, with unfortunately Brees Hall gone. Horrible news for fantasy managers. But yeah, I mean Carter is a guy that could be a real 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 difference maker moving forward fantasy wise. Yeah, and you feel um you feel for the Jets fans and obviously the Jets yeah. too that that these young guys Javante Williams and Brees Hall come on man it's just so frustrating yeah and, and the Jets certainly are aware of like Zach Wilson's struggles under pressure that's when they have gone out and gotten like all these offensive linemen the last couple of years and they're all injured you know Makai Becton injured um you know Fant, they bring right? in, yeah Fant has had yeah. injury problems Dwayne Brown they go out and sign him to replace Becton injured Elijah Bear Tucker injured. Um, and, you know, they bring in Lincoln Tomlinson, though. Like they've made those, they've tried to make those moves, just hasn't really hit to this point, mostly because of injuries. All right, Tennessee Titans here. Ian Harditz had this. Derrick Henry's last three games against the Houston Texans 32 carries, 211 yards, three touchdowns. 22 carries, 212 yards, two touchdowns. 34 carries, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, any reason he shouldn't be ranked as the RB1 this week against this bad, bad Texans defense? He, ha- he has to be. I had to, I used him with my conviction picks this week. I know it's like Captain Obvious, but I predicted three touchdowns. It's another monster game. It's such a perfect setup. Here's another interesting stat for you. Just It kind of depends on where you want to break the minimum thing, but Derrick Henry ranks top three. Uh, his pr- player profiler page is, top, is first, but top three in yards per reception and yards per route run. I've, yeah. Derrick Henry, I mean, wowzers. What a what a turnaround from his, from him going to be completely a zero in the passing game to that. So, yeah, and this setup, as you said, just destroyed. It's the worst run defense in the league. They don't want to pass the ball. And Tannehill, by the way, is banged up. Pick up Malik Willis if you're obviously if you're in a super flex league, but maybe if you're if you're if you can afford it at all, because this fantasy wise, he was going to run. So Tannehill's still dealing with the walking boot last I heard. So I think King Henry, it's almost too perfect of a setup, you know, like what, what you yeah. know, it's just so obvious. What could go wrong? Yeah. What yeah. could possibly go wrong? Uh, I agree. Keep an eye on the Malik Willis thing. All right. Bengals here. You brought this one to the table. Uh, Bengals pass rate over expectation in weeks one to five, average of 2.2% over expectation. Week six, plus 21%. Week seven, plus 23%. Uh, The Bengals have also shifted to like a pure shotgun offense over the last two weeks as well. That's huge, Dalton, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, it's good for the pass game, but 
their rushing game and their passing game had been so um, to use a, a highly corpo term, like the, the like you know, corporate bosses are always like, we got to break down the silos, we got to break down the walls or whatever. Their their passing game and their run game had been so siloed because like they would only run out of center, but they'd only throw out a shotgun, which is a bizarre thing to do but they're basically like there's no point going under center and i think a lot of teams are going to figure this out too that with the way defenses are being played right now there's really no point going under center at all especially when you have this type of weaponry in the receiver room i think the bengals offense is officially back and i'm I'm willing to give like zach taylor some credit i think they should have figured this out sooner but it's good that they figured it out now yeah, especially they can't run the ball, too. So totally, they do deserve credit. It wasn't even during a bye week either when they flipped this switch. So I have a Joe Burrow to finish with the most passing yards ticket. So I don't hate 481 yards from him last week. He's a threat to shatter the record for the most 400-yard passing game. So it's great for his fantasy value. Obviously, Chase, especially if Higgins continues to be not 100%. Boyd's going crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I expect more of the same, a lot of shotgun and a lot of pass rate over expectation, which, by the way, they did this in the playoffs. They were a run team yep. protecting Burrow's knee, coming back from surgery. And then suddenly the playoffs, they did go pass heavy and it brought them all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, obviously, it's huge for guys like Chase and Higgins, but I even think Tyler Boyd like is going to kind of get on the the wide receiver three borderline, you know, because just watching him against watching them against the Falcons and the Falcons cornerback situation beyond AJ Terrell, who got banged up is pretty, pretty bad, but you know, they're playing those like cover two looks early in the game. And I mean, Tyler Boyd has a hundred yards in that game before you could even blink, like before you could really even figure like, because he's just ripping those ripping the seam, like, which is the weakness of, of a cover two team. Those two high safeties are you know mostly patrolling the boundaries against a go route from, uh, from Jamar chase or something like that. It's almost again, it's I, I want to give Zach Taylor credit, Zach Taylor and the boys credit, even though I think they should have figured this out sooner. It's like, yeah, you have a great slot receiver and Tyler Boyd, like rip that thing up the middle, man. And and I think Boyd, unless defenses change how they're going to play them, which, you know, we'll see. He could be a huge fantasy winner out of this passing change but also because of the way defenses have been playing them i know burrow's target rate in the slot at, back to L, at lsu was through the roof too so it all makes sense i know they're trying to get chase to move him in there too at times but now mm-hmm. just make yeah just keep those on the outside uh, boyd eat out of the middle and it's it's working they uh yeah obviously they have a very potent offense joe burrow rest of season uh where would you rank him among quarterbacks Oh, man, that guy easily led the league in YPA last year. I was pretty aggressive with him. So after the runners, he's right there. I mean, it. mm, you got even Jackson is is slumped. uh, You got Allen Hurts and and Jackson, and then he's right there at four or five. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. I think I'd have Mahomes still at four, and then I think Burrow at like QB five rest of the season. Yes. Um, Yes. Probably still a teardrop, though, beyond like after that four. But I think Burrow is like the next is the next guy. I mean, my God, we have needed some, like I'd, I'd rather have him than Kyler Murray for sure. Even though Kyler Murray, theoretically oh, no has the question upside. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. All right. Uh, next one up here for the LA chargers. This one comes in from a little website called reception perception. Josh Palmer's in season success rates of 42.1% against man coverage and 60.9% against zone coverage and 40% success rate versus press. All would have ranked second to last in reception perception charting from 2021. Josh Palmer, not very good. I've said that, but I will say this, Dalton. If Josh Palmer is going to play a role in this offense, I kind of actually think he's a better fit replacing Mike Williams. 
because of the lack of separation here. I mean, Williams is success rates are all better than this in reception perception. Like he's kind of, I think an, a league average separator, whereas Josh Palmer is obviously below league average, but I think he's better like running boundary routes, you know, running as an outside receiver than trying to do some like, you know, over the middle stuff like slants, curls, all that, like the more Keenan Allen type routes. I think he makes a much better replacement for Mike Williams from an injury perspective. And, you know, I, I'm down. I'm not very high on the player, but I actually do think while Mike Williams is out and apparently, you know, according to uh, reports this morning, like he's going to miss at least four weeks. It sounds like I think Palmer can actually be a pretty decent wide receiver three during those weeks. Yeah, hopefully he can get healthy uh, during the bye. Um, yeah, yeah, even if he's not great in real in real terms of a route runner, he's in such a good situation. Should be helpful for fantasy managers. Yeah, the injury did not look great for Williams. Who knows what's going on with Keenan Allen? Missed most of the second half too. There, uh, do can you guess uh, how many uh, catches your your guy Eckler's on pace to record this season? It's like 129 or something like that's that. That's exactly right. Great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was. That's it was that's funny. Good. He was talking. He was talking about it on the podcast yesterday. He's like, I know that stats going around. He's like, I don't want that. I don't want to break the catches record because that means like our wide receivers aren't playing as well as we need them to, or like we're not getting the ball to wide receivers. Where I mean, the guy knows like those little bunny hop little checkdowns are are great for fantasy but not yeah. good for the the health of the offense um like you can have him catching 80 90 balls but if he's catching 129 it means these wide receivers are not very good and by the way without Keenan Allen you know and obviously Mike Williams like i think is miscast as a number 1 receiver those wide receivers are not very good Yep. Oh, Gerald Everett's need to step up too with Parham. Yeah, it's just a bunch of injuries across the board. Spiller has been a disaster for best ballers. I mean, even with oh, injuries, yeah. <laughs> injuries to Kelly, it's still it's like he's buried on the depth chart. So yeah, it's a bit, it's a not been great for 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 the Chargers and fantasy world. Other than Eckler, who's just been crazily amazing, valuable yeah. in in PPR, just just amazing. Thank God, I was not trying to have like a slow Austin Eckler season hosting a podcast with him every yeah, week. You're not. Be a... You're not. <laughs> but it would be better if the Chargers could win some freaking games. So uh, let's get that together, Brandon Staley. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do one more stat for every team. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Dalton, we're back. Got the Dolphins here. The Dolphins have the eighth easiest strength of schedule the rest of the way. They have the Lions, the Browns, the Bears, the Texans up next. Your guy, Raheem Mostert, man, uh, where just like think about where you'd rank him, not rest of season and you know, whatever, but like with those four matchups, like the next month, how high are you going to have Raheem Mostert in your weekly rankings? Yeah, like top 15-ish, you know, right around in that area. Um, getting the work, if he can stay healthy, should be productive. Love him in this week's matchup, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Edmonds is just disappointed. What happened to the receiving oh God, role, yeah. too? So, yeah, uh, you like to see the schedule. I just want to quickly point out that uh, Tariq Hill, uh, yes, he's been very productive, but he could start going nuts and the touchdowns will come because uh, the, the targets have been there, and I'm, just, he's, I'm ready for another huge, huge game from him. Maybe a track meet indoors against Detroit this week, too. Could, could happen. 
100 percent uh let's hope the lions we'll talk about them can hold out their end of the bargain all right Seahawks. Geno Smith is throwing to tight ends on 26.7% of his passes. That is the fifth highest in the NFL. Obviously, uh, I expected him to be higher on the wide receiver list because they have Lockett and Metcalf, but this offense has been getting some efficient plays to their tight ends, and I think we know that with DK Metcalf, probably going to miss like what? At At least this week, maybe the week after that. That's a good bump for Tyler Lockett. Although I'm just ready for him to put up like a three for 23 game uh, during that uh, span at some point, just because that's how football works. But I kind of think like Noah Fant could be a sneaky, uh, decent replacement for DK Metcalf just because Gino's been thrown to his tight ends. You'd think they'd try to get Fant like really going at some point, you know, so uh, they, they use part of the trade for for the Russell Wilson trade. They they have him, you know, going forward like kind of think they'd want to get him involved at some point. I, I, you know, I don't know that you need to add him to rosters right now, but he's a guy that I think might help us at tight end at some point during this Metcalf absence. Yeah, someone to pay attention to, but Disley's been there. But yeah, Metcalf, you figured to miss some time. And Lockett, his, his hamstring may not be quite right. Yeah, just love Kenneth Walker. Re- fastest uh, speed of any ball carrier uh, last week. Uh, kind of treat right. him as all a year. weekly. We, all, all year, sorry. Going to treat him as a weekly top five fantasy back. Uh, yeah, man, so, so good. Awesome. Hell yeah. It's the Seahawks offense is like so fun to watch at this point. It's the great stuff. Indianapolis. The Colts rank second over the last two weeks with a 70.4% neutral pass rate. But Dalton, is there any way, any way they can continue to play like that with Sam Ellinger coming in as their new starting quarterback for the rest of the season? There's a guy who ran for 30-plus touchdowns in college. I think they're putting him back there because he is not just a stone-cold pocket statue like Matt Ryan and Nick Foles would be. Is there any way they continue playing offense like they have the last two weeks? Because that's been it's been awesome for us in fantasy. But clearly, and, and they won a game against Jacksonville too. But clearly, they're looking for some sort of change there. No way this week against Washington defense. It's third in pressure rate, so I would be shocked if they went uh, pass heavy this week. I expect a healthier Taylor to be the focal point. So yeah, it's bad news for Pittman and your guy Campbell. I know you always hype him up every week. It's finally getting uh, getting the targets uh, and, and Pierce. But, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm joking. I, I actually the guy who drafted Paris Campbell in the 14th round of every draft, but he showed signs of life, doubling the targets, I believe, back to back weeks. But um, yeah, it's bad news. Even though Ryan's not obviously looking good, I would guess at least in the short term, we have to expect bad news for all the pass catchers. And then maybe it ends up ultimately being good news if because El- Ellinger has unknown upside. But certainly in the short term, I would be really surprised if they kept these pass heavy ways, given the new quarterback and especially this week's opponent, like I said, with the, who's among the league leaders in pressure rate. Yeah, uh, I Alec Pierce is one of my guys that I like a lot. He's probably... I don't know. Not, not, not so good. Not so good now. Like he was a guy that it's like, Oh, don't drop uh, Alec Pierce. But you know, he, him and Paris Campbell probably are like expendable at this point. I'm, I'm just hoping that Ellinger comes in there and just locks onto Michael Pittman and that's all he does. Uh, but we'll see. Not great news for Michael Pittman. All right. LA Rams. Van Jefferson averaged 13.4 air yards per target in 2021. He also got a first down on 64% of his catches. Only Cooper cup is over 60% this year on the LA Rams in terms of first downs per catches. Van Jefferson's a good player. He was the vertical receiver last year. That air yards per target led the team last season. He's slated to come back this week. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez actually said he could have came back in week six, but they needed his, they needed to keep him on IR so they could uh, deal with a couple of other injuries. The Rams are obviously dealing with a ton of injuries, but I don't know, man, I'm, I'm feeling better about the Rams offense 
a lot better right now than I was like three, four weeks ago, partly because of Allen Robinson's play against the Panthers, but a lot because uh, Van Jefferson, I just think is a good player. And like they need that vertical threat in this offense. And I feel like they're still going to be unable to run the ball, which should help the receivers. Defense not as elite it has been. Uh, do you know what? I just heard the stat that Allen Robinson leads the NFL in end zone targets. That was very oh, yeah. surprising to me. He's um, like their yeah. goal line back. That's, yeah. that's what no, they I've signed seen it. For. Yeah, no, I've absolutely pictured it. But yeah, because he failed so many, he gets another one, right? But um, Van Jefferson absolutely should be added in competitive leagues now. And maybe yeah, Higby's hilarious. All his targets have been uh, short, around the line of scrimmage. But um. Uh, we'll see if they, what they fixed during the team's buy Niners dealing with some injuries on defense still. Um, but yeah, I, I expect uh, I'm with you on the pass catchers because, uh, the, the Rams are really, I, I expect them to continue struggling to run it. Yeah. I don't think that this is the week necessarily against the 49ers, but I feel like going forward, they're going to be guys that, you know, like they're startable players. Robinson will be a startable player. Um, you know, Jefferson will certainly be a, a guy that I think is on the radar as well. I wouldn't. I would say just all leagues, he should be like a hundred percent rostered. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say just competitive leagues, man. I, sure. I think Van Jefferson's legit good. Um, okay. We'll stay in the NFC West here. Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins in Week Seven in his return, forty-eight percent targets per route run with a forty-six percent slot rate. The slot rate is really interesting, Dalton, because Cliff Kingsbury has, you know, typically just run DeAndre Hopkins on the left side of the field, kept him tethered there. Even Marquise Brown, when he played this year, just kept him tethered to the left side of the field. But this is kind of good news, I think, for maybe the Cardinals offense as a whole. You know, if Hopkins is going to transition into that like big slot role for the rest of his career. That would be kind of awesome, although it does pretty much like put Rondale Moore in the dirt because Rondale Moore cannot play outside. 14 targets immediately, even after a slow start last week. I have Hopkins as my wide receiver six this week. He's right there in that tier. I put him right there with Diggs, Adams. Um, I mean, whatever, even Cup. I, I mean, I think the, the, the usage is going to be maybe not quite high as Cup, but it, he's right there n- next. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be that way moving forward with no Hollywood Brown. The team can't do, they can't run the ball either kind of a disaster else, else, everywhere else. So I just think Murray and, and, and Hopkins are just going to go, uh, you know, pepper, pepper. He's going to pepper Hopkins with targets moving forward. I agree. I feel like he's in that just off the elite tier of wide receivers rest of the way. Like I think Hopkins looked good too. I don't think he is toast at all. Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons rank 31st in strength of schedule rest of season. I wanted to put this one in there because Dalton, there's no way we're ever going to we're we're never going to get Kyle Pitts. We're never going to get Drake London like we want him to, man, because the Falcons with this easy strength of schedule can just continue to just run the piss out of the ball and I really think it's just frustrating obviously for fantasy, but all of this stuff is just prepping for 2023 for this team. I know Arthur Smith wants to win games to be competitive obviously, but they've drafted I know it's like the the popular talking point like why would you draft Kyle Pitts and Drake London in the top 10 to then just run the ball a ton. It's like, they're, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to make excuses because it was so frustrating last week, but this team is clearly building like it's passing game for 2023. It's just not there this year. I don't think it will be yet at any point. I mean, they were down 10 plus points for the <laughs> final 50 minutes last week and still through 13 passes. I mean, it's 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 a problem. It's it's a problem. And as you said, the schedule. If yeah, if they were going to do it last week, they basically never were. And now with that schedule, it's just going to be uh, horrible for fantasy managers. Uh, I figured at least one uh, of London or or yeah. Pitts, but it might it might be neither. It's it's not great. I'd I'd keep Drake London. I'd probably keep both of them on on rosters 
Pitts is tough, like in a in a shallow league, in a 10-team league, you know, thin benches. I don't really like rostering two tight ends. You can't start them. But I would hang on to Drake London just just in case something changes, man. You know, in case like Ritter gets in there and is is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. But that's all we can kind of hope for. Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. Just one of his 14 Week 7 runs were a scramble. Yeah, they designed a lot of rush attempts for Justin Fields, as you know, uh, against the Patriots, Dalton, unfortunately. I thought it was kind of an encouraging sign because, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the guys on the Amazon Prime broadcast when they played on Thursday like like kept hammering that he just doesn't fit the offense that they wanted, you know, drop back offense that they were kind of running out there in Chicago. But then I thought the offense they had him play in against the Patriots, I was like, this is what Justin Fields at this point in his career should be playing in. And like, if he's going to play in this type of offense, he's going to be so much better in fantasy uh, than he previously had been. He looked great. Yeah. On the road too. Um, 8.5 YPA. He's eclipsed 80 rushing yards in back-to-back weeks. So yeah, it's good for his fantasy value and real life. Yeah. If you have that, that ability, why not give him a more rollouts? I believe he was really accurate um, in college on rollouts. And that's part of the criticism I've seen with the coaching is he's been actually his best too in, in the pros, but they're not calling enough of those. And they, they definitely did a little bit more Monday night. So very encouraging. And boy, there's a lot of fantasy upside. Look, the last two weeks, he has four carries inside the five-yard line. I mean, that's what you want to see in fantasy terms. Green Bay Packers. The Packers, when throwing to wide receivers, rank fifth. They're tied for fifth in plays of 20-plus yards. I think that would surprise some people because their wide receivers are not very good. But they're 27th in plays of 10-plus yards, which means... It's either all or nothing with these wide receivers, Dalton. Um, Alan Lazard is you know, he's in a sling, and he's been the only really like consistent, steady wide receiver. Do the Packers, I kind of think they might be a team that should trade for your guy Jerry Judy, you know, who might be available, and I feel like actually would kind of help these like short separation uh, type problems they have right now in this receiver room. Yeah. Or even Brandon cooks, you know, Aaron Rodgers yeah. really should be regretting messing around with threatening uh, retirement. The more I think about this, because that got Devonte Adams leaving and he's, it's all the difference for, for Rogers. I mean, he's, it's yep. a disaster if Lazard's missing, missing time now Dobbs, I, I liked him, but he looks like he's, you know, going to be a slower transition to being yeah, an impactful like NFL player. Yeah. And Watson's not anytime coming back anytime soon. Cobb is out. Uh, Sammy Watkins. I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, your guy Aaron Jones. It may it had a real big, nice game last week. I think he, the targets should be there now. Double digit this week against the the Bills. So yeah, it's not great. And Rodgers obviously is getting older. It's crazy to think that that's the back to back MVP winner as twelve point dogs this week. Uh, it's 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 wild how fast things can change. Rodgers uh, is out there, you know, on like Pat McAfee's show saying that oh, guys who are making mistakes, we need to cut their playing time. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I tweeted this out this morning, Dalton. Like, I kind of think retroactively Aaron Rodgers should do the right thing and give one of his MVP trophies to Devontae Adams. Like, what, what says most valuable more than, wow, this offense was one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. You take away one guy, which and everybody's like, oh, what is Devontae Adams going to do without Aaron Rodgers? What, what the hell is Aaron Rodgers doing without Devontae Adams? This goofball set of receivers. And the whole offense looks like it's broken structurally. The only thing that was working was up oh, 12, find 17, and that's it. Like, let's do Aaron Rodgers owes Devontae Adams one of those MVP trophies. And I'm admitting that with all of my receiver bias as well. Yeah, they Bakhtiari, by the way, wakes up when his knee doesn't feel right. Good luck against that Buffalo pass yeah. rush. Um, yeah, no, it's um it's it's not going as expected uh for 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 Green Bay in, in many areas. Um, but man, yeah, it's it's uh yeah. 
could be another ugly one too this week. It could be. <laughs> also kind of crazy that like in prime time. The, well, yeah, that's it's not going to be great. Um that's it's kind of funny that like the Packers didn't just say to Devontae Adams like, "Oh, you want to get traded? That's cute. No, we're going to we're we're just going to keep you here." It's crazy they didn't even like try to play hardball with him. It's like, "Oh, go ahead, go play with." Maybe they did that just to spite Rodgers. I don't know. There's so so many weird things going on there. Um by the way, we talked about the Rams uh running the ball. Kyron Williams officially they did put him um He's been designated to return from IR. He has a 21-day practice window. So um, keep, that's still a guy that definitely keep your eye on as well. New England Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson has an 18% target share since week five. Ramondre Stevenson, nothing can stop this guy. Yeah, he's so good. I like the matchup money, and I'd expected more from him. But, um, yeah, who are they going to start at quarterback? Who knows? Stevenson's so good. Even when Harris did return, surprisingly, early. Stevenson still uh, pretty much dominated when it mattered. So, uh, yeah, that's it's it's encouraging to see him show these skills as a receiver, which everyone hoped he could. And he's taken over that, that, you know, the James White role there. So that's nice to see. All right, Dalton, it's time. The 49ers section here. I have the five minute timer here, so you cannot talk about the 49ers for more than five minutes. I don't think you will, but I'm going to do it anyways. So 66.1% of the team targets have gone to wide receivers. That's the second highest in the NFL. You think this is Brandon Ayuk's week. Yeah, so I might as well talk to you. We're both Brandon Ayuk guys. He's seen 11 <laughs> targets last two weeks. Debo Samuel, crucially, is now battling a hamstring injury. Maybe he tries to play through it. They have a bye after this week. Uh, mm. So you know, there might be incentive for him to, to rest it. The Rams rank second uh, against the run in DVOA. And they've seeded by far the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Not one has even surpassed 45 receiving yards uh, this week. So it just feels like Ayuk, you know, with a banged up Debo and, and Kittle, a tough matchup. The running McCaffrey will definitely get his, but I mean, he's still learning the playbook. So all three of Ayuk's touchdowns this, this year have come on the road indoors. The key with our, our guy, Jimmy G, is pressure. As we saw last week, man, that Chiefs defensive line just owns oh. the Niners. Um, and the Rams, surprise, this might surprise some people, but they rank second to last in pressure rate. So, And, you know, the mm. Shanahan typically owns the Rams unless it's uh, the game that matters the most to make, make the Super Bowl. It's the final quarter. But, um, yeah, I like Ayuk in the, in the setup here this week. Yeah, the Rams might trade for a pass rusher at the trade deadline. I keep an eye on that one. I know everybody talked about Chris McCaffrey. Apparently the Rams were thinking about, like, trading for McCaffrey and then transitioning him to wide receiver as his career went on, which is kind of an interesting idea with, with Brandon. Ayuk, I agree with you. This is definitely a big week. And my God, dude, I, I, you know, went and charted that game against the Rams the last time, just open on like every play, every, every play. So if, if Jimmy can get the time against that secondary, yeah, that was even, the one I was there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I told yes. you, dude. Yes, yes, yes. He was absolutely toasting that secondary all night. And yes, it's key. Can Jimmy get it to him is obviously what matters most. I feel like Ayuk has played so well, the just all season long, but it's starting to show up at the box score and it should be good the rest of the way, especially because his area where he wins doesn't overlap with McCaffrey as much as Debo Samuel does, um, which should be, yeah, I know no, he's that... doing great blocks down the field, like in the run oh, game. And yeah, stuff. You know, how Shanahan ass, yeah, you know, he's, he's become the complete player. And even when he was in the doghouse at times, his first year and a half in the league, he was among the league leaders in targets inside the five. They do like to, to get him the ball down there. So yeah, I still like Ayuk's fantasy value, especially if Debo hope, I hope, Oh, you know, as a Niner fan, He's not injured, but he pulled his hamstring and they have a buy upcoming. So that's not great. 
good start for this segment that you only went two minutes and 30 seconds on the 49ers. Well, that might change. Yeah, uh, they did just get boat race pretty ugly. I mean, that was yeah. that was bad. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have some longer uh, Niners talks, I think, in the future where we we'll really need this five minute timer. All right. Washington you know Commanders. what, though, Harmon? We never even talked about CMC. I'll just have, I have one thought on it, is that the, Shanahan would have wasted the those picks. They would have wasted those picks on, on a running back anyway. So that's my defense uh, of that. That's all. You can stop it yeah. now. That's all. Okay. I'm excited all right, all right. as a fan for McCaffrey. But uh, yeah, we, uh, that, that trade happened after we recorded last week. So sorry. It, no, yeah, it's true. It did. Um, it happened after we recorded the preview show. Yeah, that's... Uh, man, I'm, I'm so uh, interested to see how that all plays out. And you're so right that... I said, come home, Stanford. Yeah. You know, I called it. I guess that did work for our video saying where to go. But you know, he gave up a boatload of picks. Shanahan is really playing with fire with this going all in, man. I mean, he's got Lance and, and, and McCaffrey and very, very few draft, very little draft capital moving forward. I'm pissed that I didn't restart the clock at two minutes and yeah. 30 seconds because now I think we might have hit five. <laughs> uh, all right. Washington Commanders. Terry McLaurin has a 20, had a 25% target share in week seven. Taylor Heineke knows who the best player in the offense is. Curtis Samuel still had 25% target share, but he got the ball to Terry McLaurin. I feel like Terry McLaurin needs to shoot up the weekly rankings as long as ODU's finest is in there. Hey, I put him as my wide receiver 14 last week. I had been ranking him outside of my 30. I moved him in top 15 because I fell for that. I feel like there's a good connection here with Heineke and obviously Dotson's out too. So yeah, I like him again this week. And I, where do I have McClure? And I have him as my wide receiver 20 this week. So yeah, fire him up indoors in this matchup. Yep, go for it. Las Vegas Raiders are 14th in neutral pass rate this year, which is why only Devontae Adams is eating in that passing game. Also, everybody else has been kind of, you know, injured, all that type of stuff. But man, Josh Jacobs, dude, just looks incredible. He's been one of the best backs in the league. And, you know, from a rest of season rankings perspective, I, I think I've got him now at like RB10 or something like that rest of the way, which, you know, even that might feel light. Yeah, that might be light. He's I was so wrong on him. He gets all the targets. He's, he looks so good, too. Um, quickly, I just want to say Devontae Adams. Leads the NFL in first down target share by a mile, 44%. Next highest is 36%. And 20% uh, uh, first down targets are worth about 20% more PPR points. So mm. I feel like he could have an eruption one of these weeks. Uh, Adams have a really, really big game, especially with no Waller around. It's been Jacobs getting all the touchdowns. So I don't know. It's it's uh, Adams or Tyreek Hill or maybe both. I feel like just go absolutely berserk this weekend. I like that call a lot. He's on pace for 1,440 receiving yards, Devontae Adams. So he's definitely been the winner of that trade so far. Carolina Panthers, Donta Foreman had an 85% share of the team carries in the fourth quarter. I think this is important because of game script and also because of Chuba Hubbard's injury. What is your confidence level on Donta Foreman this week and going forward? Oh, it's just all about Hubbard's uh, status. He was the guy being treated as, as Carolina's feature back the first three quarters. Um, but then you look at the overall four quarters and it, it's skewed because of what you just said. Foreman got all the work after Hubbard left with that injury. So it'll probably be some sort of a timeshare either way if, if Hubbard uh, suits up. But Hubbard would be the guy I would prefer given what we've seen last week. And he was pretty effective too. So did the 49ers trade for a system back? I mean, boy, they, they, put, they put up a lot, a lot of numbers there that first week there. But uh, yeah, this is just a situation you need to pay attention to coming down 100% down to Hubbard's ankle injury. CMC holding the Panthers back. You heard it here first. Uh, actually, I feel like 25 people probably made that joke on Sunday, but uh, whatever. Anyways, Cleveland Browns. Harrison Bryant has an 18% targets per route run rate. That is right in line with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Harrison Bryant 
you know, pretty interesting prospect uh, and now is about to step into a pretty big opportunity with uh, David Njoku and his, you know, two-week to five-week timeline that Andy Barron's derided on Monday. Yeah, the Mackey Award winner. Um, it is uh, Prisette throws to his tight ends quite a bit. I will move Bryant up to my. I mean, I might even move him above Kyle Pitts. He he's like a borderline <laughs> top twelve uh, tight end uh, without with our guy um, Injoku sidelined. Uh, although Cooper will get his this week because they're at home. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, bad. Bryant is one hundred percent on the fantasy radar. You were so far out in front on the. Uh home road splits for Amari Cooper and just how crazy it's been this year, especially. So shout out to you for that one. The, the Browns get the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills and the Bucks the next four weeks. Um, that matchup on Halloween against the Bengals, uh, Harrison Bryant's coming out party potentially. So keep him, uh, you know, maybe if you have trouble at tight end, pick him up uh, and, you know, potentially start him this week. I like that call. Uh, Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, Working out. I mean, I should have just made the stat that apparently he's working out four of the eight hours on the flight over to London or whatever the tweet going around this morning. Did you see that? I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I, my favorite one was said, we all owe Pete Carroll an apology. Dude. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, I saw it. I saw a clip going around, too, of Greg Olson saying you know, prior to this year, like, yeah, the coaches in Seattle, they would. Never, and I think Greg Olson does good work, so I'm not taking a shot at Greg Olson, but like, you know, oh, uh, you know, the coaches in Seattle would always tell me, like, we can't run this, we can't run that, like, treating it like it's a JV uh, offense, basically, because, like, as if we had a JV roster, you know, because we can't run all these plays. Well, maybe they didn't want to tell you that the reason they can't run all those plays is because of the quarterback. Uh, So I don't know, man. And especially with what Geno Smith's doing, it is fascinating. It really is. Russell Wilson, the, the actual stat here, is has taken 70% of his plays against zone coverage this year. That is the second highest among all starters. And Russell Wilson has typically been terrible against zone coverage because you can't really read out the field, can't really see uh, the middle of the field because he's too short. And I don't think this any of these problems are going away for the Denver Broncos. One thing I want to add is Greg Dulcich. His first week back was all uh, helped by a busted coverage. Last week, he actually became the yeah. full-time guy. So he's like a top 12 fantasy tight end moving forward. Bye-bye, uh, Albert Zero. And Greg Dulcich should be added in all fantasy leagues. Albert Zero should probably get traded to the Packers, too. Can we just, just send go. all yeah. these disappointing yeah, yeah. Denver, send all your disappointing. You were supposed to go. You're supposed to go out and get Aaron Rodgers anyways. Like have have Nathaniel Hackett call up uh, Aaron Rodgers for a Jeopardy session. Just trade all them boys over to send Green all Bay. three. Yeah, send all three there um, even, along with Hackett back. <laughs> yeah, just, Ju- 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 Judy, Judy, Albert O and, and Hackett. I'll, I'll, I'll package them to the to the Packers for six. Very. <laughs> there you go perfect stuff i love love that call yeah just i mean they're gonna leave hackett in freaking england anyways so uh we'll see what happens sorry i used to be a judy guy and here i am taking shots at him oh man i feel bad <laughs> uh speaking of the denver broncos their opponent the jacksonville jaguars this week their stat actually comes back to the broncos patrick sertan has lined up in the slot of just one percent of his snaps this year people will freak out about christian kirk because of all the number one receivers that denver has just completely iced out but i feel like as long as Marvin Jones and Zay Jones are there, you fire up Christian Kirk uh, with confidence. Yep, Sertan's turned into the, the premier corner, shutdown corner right now. So, yeah, good news for him, for Kirk. Next up, Saints, Chris Olave, 495 receiving yards are the eighth most by a rookie wide receiver in their first six games as a pro since 1970. This one came in from Graham Barfield, who included the list of the other players 
such names as Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss, Anquan Bolden, CeeDee Lamb, Stefan Diggs. Shout out to Stefan Diggs for doing that as like a fifth round pick. And Jamar Chase. There's others as well. But man, good list for Chris Olave to be on. That guy is so good. Absolutely love Olave this week, too. The Raiders are like, are, they're, I think, the second best EPA per rush and the second worst EPA per pass. <laughs> their defense so if michael thomas is out again i couldn't find any update on his info at all but man olave oh, yeah. i'm treating it as a top 15 fantasy whiteout it's amazing about olave too dude is like they're not running him on like any slants any give me's it's all like big boy non-mickey mouse nfl routes so he has been incredible um i think you know people are asking me like is he on the justin jefferson trajectory and you know i don't want to say anybody's on the justin jefferson trajectory because he's become like an elite receiver by his third season but i don't know man Chris Olave is out there like legit doing it. It's not just because like nobody else is out there. He looks like an NFL star right now. Only three more teams here before we get to the two teams on Thursday night. Steelers are bottom 10 in plays of 20 plus yards to wide receivers. Dalton, I know George Pickens is exciting, but I don't want to start any of these wide receivers anymore. No, man, it's still kind of good over that secondary dropping four interceptions Sunday night. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Pickens... Uh... I, I love his future, but this is all. Yeah, I don't have much to say on the in the no. in the Pittsburgh situation either. Yeah, yikes, tough scene. Uh, Houston Texans. Brandon Cooks has an 18 percent share of the team air yard since week four. Uh, Nico Collins, who obviously got hurt, has a 34 percent share. Davis Mills, not good, but was starting to figure out like, hey, I'll just toss that thing up to Nico Collins and he'll go win in contested situations. Brandon Cooks volume is an extreme concern right now. Unless he gets traded, I feel like he is not a fantasy starter the rest of the season. Cooks really? No, I like him this week though. Like I said, Davis Mills. I like, yeah, well, like, with I should say if Nico Collins is back, like when he's yeah. back in there, because I mean, I don't. It just it hasn't really happened for Brandon Cooks this year. Mills way better at home. Titans have allowed the third most fantasy points to receivers this week. I, I would be okay with Collins banged up. I think it's it's yeah. it's all right for him this week. I hear your frustration though, and he may get traded too. But Damian Pierce is so good, and it doesn't matter the matchup. Man, he's good. Detroit Lions, last team before Thursday night. Oh, man, the Lions. They are 28th in EPA per play since week five on offense. Is the Lions carnival ever coming back, Dalton? Remember how fun that Seahawks game was? It's only been pretty much terrible since then. We need them to get healthy. You know, coming off the bye, Swift still missed action. Amon Ross St. Brown went out immediately. Hopefully Ugh. he's good to go. And maybe that gave him, you know, an extra week to get that ankle fully right because it wasn't. I mean, he so didn't even have that, a concussion, right? Like you I know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I know. It was very, very frustrating if anyone were to happen to use him in DFS last week. But yeah, they need to get healthy. That's what needs to happen. This, this week, it could be a fun one against Miami. It could be a ton of fireworks and back and forth. But uh, we need ARSB and Swift to get healthy fast. All right, Dalton, Thursday night football. We got Ravens at Bucks over under a 45. You brought both the stats for these two teams. Going forward, I didn't say this at the top, but the Thursday night team stats will all be within the Thursday night section. You, you should have been able to figure that out. I should have said it, but, you know, I'm a mediocre host at best. For the Baltimore Ravens, you brought a stat from Sam Hoppin of 4 for 4. The Ravens are reverting back to their old ways, and it's directly correlated to their rushing game success. In weeks 1 through 4, they had a plus 4.7% pass rate over expectation. And, you know, we're pretty terrible from an EPA per play perspective as a rushing unit. In weeks five through seven, they're minus 7.2 pass rate over expectation. And their EPA per rush has shot up, Dalton. I do also think this part of this is because Rashad Bateman has been hurt as well. He was kind of like sort of kind of involved last week. But I don't know, man. Yeah, the Ravens are back to their old ways. And it's great news for Gus Edwards, who's by far the best back on that roster with Dobbins hurt. 
Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with just the injuries. Bateman, there's big, big splits. Uh, obviously, they lost Hollywood Brown in the offseason. And Mark Andrews is playing banged up. So uh, I think that's partially uh, Lamar Jackson got off to this hot start. He's not been as nearly as effective since. Uh, so yeah, this team wants to run the ball. And now with Edwards back healthy, Edwards split that backfield more than his fantasy production showed. But um, I mean, if he's going to remain the goal line guy, that could remain that way. But I'd be... I don't know. I'd still worry that, that that backfield isn't quite as great for fantasy managers moving forward as it may seem now with Edwards emerging. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're certainly going to be, looks like they're going to be a more run team moving forward too because Bateman's foot can't get right. So that's health is another yeah. area here. And this Thursday night game, they have a lot of players banged up during the short week. Yeah, it's really tough with Bateman. Uh, he didn't practice on Tuesday. We'll monitor practice reports, obviously, going forward. Um, but, yeah, God, you just got to get that guy healthy. Like, they'll, their offense is not going to hit its peak until he's completely healthy, until he's involved. Um, if he gets a full practice in, uh, you know, on Wednesday, we're taping this at noon, and we haven't seen that yet. Um, if he gets full practice in, like, today or and, and then Thursday – then I think you can fire him up in this matchup. But, uh, you know, if we doesn't, then I'm I'm pretty concerned that we're getting another low floor game from Rashad Bateman. But I'm in on Gus Edwards, man, just because I think he's been so good for them in the past. And to go out there and crush it in his debut, you know, he was top six in rushing success rate among guys who had 10% of their team rush uh, attempts last week. Like he, it's a good matchup against the Browns, obviously, and like this matchup against Bucks, theoretically not as good, but the Panthers did run all over the Bucks, So I'm feeling pretty good about uh Gus Edwards and like I would kind of start him with confidence in this matchup I got him in a dynasty league that um is always hurting for running backs and uh I'm, I'm probably starting him this week he had one target a 35 percent snap share and a 36 percent carry share but hey 16 carries in those goal line ones that that's certainly helpful Lamar Jackson 12 touchdowns over his first three games yeah. three touchdowns over four games since um yeah pretty 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 wild there and now a couple of couple of road matchups. Um, Tampa on the other side. Um, it looks Russell Gage has already been ruled out. Chris Godwin's coming off a game in which he had 43 scoreless yards on 13 targets. Um, Mike Evans with the worst drop of the season. Oh, um, man. That was I just mean, no, my, my 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 free lunch from Dalton just went right through his hands there at that uh, at that one. I, I that, that could have really helped crazy. me in, that, in our bet, Dalton. Totally. Yeah, the Ravens were toward the bottom of the league in pressure rate. Um uh, have the fifth highest pass rate against them, allow the six most fantasy points to receivers. So could be a nice game for Brady and, and Evans to bounce back. But man, something uh, something weird's going on in Tampa there. You know, something it's almost like something ain't right. <laughs> almost like some witchcraft is afoot. Yeah. Uh, you brought a stat uh, for the Bucks. Rob Pizzola says that on Tampa Bay's first down runs this season, and he was responding to a video where Byron Leftwich was like laughing at. EPA or whatever. I'm sure he just, I'm sure Byron Leftwich just doesn't know what EPA is, which is fine. Uh, you don't need to know, but uh, he was laughing at the fact that the, the reporter was like criticizing their first down runs, but there is kind of something to it. Running plays uh, so far this season on first downs for Tampa Bay, they rank 31st in EPA per play and 21st in success rate. On passing plays on first down, they rank eighth in EPA per play and 12th in success rate. It has been a pretty big play calling shift now that Bruce Arians is out of there and Todd Bowles is the head coach. Obviously, Byron Leffage is still there, but like they're just slamming their head in the wall with Lenny on first down runs. And it is it it really hasn't been working. Like EPA, whatever. Like it is their offense, that has been a problem for this team. And I kind of wonder, Dalton, like, are we gonna get to Rashad White territory sometime soon? Because Todd Bowles had a pretty direct quote at like we gotta see if the old guys can still play and like we'll see if the young guys can play. 
after that loss to the Panthers. And I mean, it feels like that could be a Rashad White comment, but um, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I get that we can be overboard with stats, but should we give him such a pass for not even knowing what EPA is or I mean, or even explaining to him? I mean, success rate sounds even easier to digest, but I don't know, man. That's just bad that he was laughed that off. It's like we're telling you that your calling plays is really affecting your offense's performance, and he just dismisses it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't love that if I were a Bucks fan to hear a yeah, guy fair enough. Uh, call my plays say that. But uh, may, hopefully it does result in some change because, yeah, that's that has not been effective, and you're asking a, an aging Brady with a banged-up receiving core to pass in tougher situations. That's what this means. You know, you're putting him in obvious downs in third and third and longer situations. So, um. But yes, to translate to fantasy, Rashad White is a guy who could be a real difference maker moving forward. But that's also assuming that this offense can get back on track. I mean, they just got blown out in Carolina. I mean, it might just be a problem all all year long other than, you know, Evans getting a million targets will will obviously result in in fantasy production. But man, yeah, it's 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 ugly in Tampa Bay right now. It's 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 kind of turning into a disaster. Yeah, I think we'll know a lot more. There will be a lot of discourse about this offense. After Thursday night football, that is for sure. Uh, so we'll see what happens, man. It's a, uh, I don't know. I don't feel very good about the vibes in Tampa. That is for sure. Um, and you know, Leonard Fournette, they play, they paid him a good bit of money this off season too. So, um, you know, they might not be like just ready to throw him aside. And I think Fournette has been good. It just seems like he's kind of wearing down with the workload and maybe that could be a Rashad White thing going forward but uh, I think it was Adam Levitan who said it do you know that Brady's touchdown percentage is cut in half this year yeah half he doesn't look I mean, good either just... he doesn't look as like wow. as good yeah yeah from, from a physical that... from a yeah. physical standpoint either but uh, that's a whole nother conversation all right man good stuff um who do you who do you like in that game I think I think actually I'll, I'll say it I think the Bra- I think the Bucks do win this game after having said all that <laughs> I mean I would take the Ravens and the and the and the points, but yeah, I think, I think I like the Ravens in this game. I I'm just kind of like, I'm pretty concerned about the bucks. That's for sure. But Ravens also have a lot of concerns off the, the I'll take the under on 45 points. I will tell you that. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game whatsoever. So uh, not, not a fun fantasy one, but should be a pretty good game. I mean, theoretically before the season, we'd be like, Oh, bucks and Ravens. Hell yeah. Now it's like, Oh, hopefully these teams can get on track. But uh, I, at some point Brady could just lay a hammer on one of these teams, but I thought that was going to be last week, and then they got their ass kicked by the Panthers. So not not great there. Um, that, that's and we need these I'd guys say. to get healthy. We need Andrews, Bateman to get healthy for Jackson. We you really know, do, just, yeah. it just not just Thursday night, but moving forward. Yeah, it's just like such a goofball pass catching core with beyond those guys. So still like those two players going forward when they can get healthy, but everybody else pretty questionable. All right. That is going to do it for us. Hope everybody enjoyed the new format. We got a lot of information for you out there. That's what Dalton's here for. He is the man when it comes to all things stats. And I'm, you know, happy to be along for the ride. That's going to do it for us this week. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, make yourself a better fantasy player and a better person by following at Yahoo Fantasy. You will not regret it. That's my guarantee. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. Since the show is free, this is the best way you can support us. Scott Pienowski and Frank Schwab will be reuniting after the betting show of last year. The people wanted wanted more Frank and uh, Scott together. They're going to get it. They'll be back here tomorrow to help preview the Week 8 games this weekend. Until then, we're out.